Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our way with yours truly, Paul Anka, and my buddy, Skip Bronson, is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, folks. This is Paul Anka. And my name is Skip Bronson. We've been friends for decades, and we've decided to let you in on our late-night phone calls by starting a new podcast. And welcome to Our Way. We'd like you to meet some real good friends of ours. They're leaders in entertainment and sports. Innovators in business and technology, and even a sitting president or two. Join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we'll be doing it our way. Skip. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? We got Bublé coming up. We got to talk about what we're gonna, you know, what we're gonna say to him. What we're yeah. Gonna oh, he's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask him, like, yeah. You know, young people, they they go into rock and roll. Why would he want to get into like the Great American Songbook? I mean, right. Of, uh, instead of rock and roll, which would be pretty much a natural, right? Did you see him on television the other night when he did the Barry Gibbs song? At the Kennedy Center Honors, that was Kennedy fantastic. Center. Yeah, he's saying, how can you mend a broken heart? Yeah, yeah, and, he did a and great they, job. They, and they kept panning over to Barry Gibb, and Barry Gibb literally had tears in his eyes. Yeah, And yeah. the audience was, I was, they looked like they were stunned. I mean, he just totally nailed it. Yeah, it was, he's good. He's, his grandpa and his father weaned him on it, because when I first met him and got involved with him and was part of the first album, et cetera, et cetera. I knew right away that this kid was going to take a piece of that end of the music business. Yeah. And, he, and loved- he adores the Rat Pack and all that yeah. stuff. We talked for days 
when we hung out, he was at my home and, you know, he lived, he, he was, it was an Ella Fitzgerald's house. Yeah. I live in Ella I live in that, Ella that, that, That's your house, right? Yeah. 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 Cause he yeah. loves Ella Fitzgerald. So you got to hit him up on that. I know it's amazing because you talk to a lot of these top singers and you ask what made Ella so great. And they say she hit the center of every note and she was really something yeah, across the board. They love, by the way, when you're talking about the Rat Pack, I mean, yeah. the fact that you were in the steam room with Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and those guys, I mean, you got to talk about that because you left love one, it. Love it. You, le you left one word out, honey. I was in the steam room and they were nude. <laughs> talk about having trouble with eye contact, right? <laughs> and then I know we're twice my age and I'm walking into these guys I idolize and they're sitting there new. Right. I mean, I can tell you who, who won the hung department. <laughs> no, that would be very, very cool. Yeah. And you told me he's in the bourbon business and you know, as you know, I have a bourbon business. Yes. The guys. So yeah, I want to talk you know, about that. Yeah. I want to hear how he got into the business, how they're doing, you know, whatever. So that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah. Because I introduced him to Larry Ruvo who, who, who put him in that scene and yeah. he's very excited about it. But yeah, you know, you're so successful with yours. So you guys have to rap about that, but you, 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 I'll bring it up and then you can go with it. Okay. okay. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Perfect. Cause he's cool. He's a real nice guy. Easy to talk to and yeah. you'll love him. He's and he's a good family, man. He's a yeah. good, good family. He's got a great family. Yeah. And he loves, he loves hockey. I mean, there's so yeah. many areas. I mean, this guy, he, he's not a one trick pony. I mean, there's so many things, you know, that he does that we can hit him with. Yep. And, you know, I know him right from the beginning. I think the second month in, when he was still scuffling and recording, I loaned him $5,000 for rent. Wow. And he just paid me back the last installment two weeks ago. Wow. That's amazing. After 10 years. Yeah. All right, man. All right. So, so look forward to it. I think we're on for tomorrow afternoon. I've got the notes we talked about. Great. And uh, we'll, we'll hit him up on that. We'll see what's going on in his life. You got it. All right. Love you. Love you. Sleep warm. Sleep warm. Ciao, ciao. Right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. How are you, Jordan? Who's here with us? We got Jordan and Skip. Richard, Skip, Bronson. Say hello to my buddy, Buble, and my buddy, Skip, and you got Jordan. And you know me. You've had me for how many years now? Can you believe we've known each other since 05? 20, over 21 years, dude. Can you imagine? You know my claim to fame with him? I loved him so much. He needed rent money. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And I gave him five grand. You know what's he funny? Just, he just I've, paid me off I last week. I forgot that. <laughs> last week, the final exactly. installment. <laughs> God, so much happened, Paul. You're telling me. In that me, time. Yeah. Talk about a scary time, buddy. Oh. We used to play hockey. Outside. And I remember five grand because yeah. I made a deposit to, to stay uh, on West Hollywood, this apartment in West Hollywood. And you know what's even crazier? Yeah. I didn't have a bed. I didn't have you a didn't bed. have a bed. No, sir, I did not. I would well, sleep. All those chicks you were hanging a... around. I know you were laying on one of them. <laughs> they all loved you. <laughs> I, I bought. I went to like Costco or something, and I bought a. Uh, I bought this this blue uh, a blow up mattress kind of thing. Yeah, it was horrible. But you know what? Hey, it was horrible. But for past, me at the time, man. it was like. But even then, it was like, wow, I'm in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, I'm doing this. You were. He was so. Let me tell you something. Along with his talent, he was so humble and open to this world that he had walked into. And I was so in love with this guy because, you know, it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't easy for he, him or me. 
started that young. But Michael was in there and we did everything. Hey, Michael, I was telling the story about when we were looking for money to do the album and I got the guy mm -hmm. that made boxes. Remember the mm -hmm. guy from Australia? And mm -hmm. I got 500000 to make the album because he believed like Foster and I believed. And then things just went from there into Warner's. I've never spoken to the guy since. I think he would like to have put me in one of his boxes and buried me. But he lost the <laughs> yeah, deal. Because that, because that was the, the deal went away. You know, it's went, funny. No, We've it, never talked about it. Why? Yeah, we, why? Yeah, we had it. How it went away. Because we went to Warner's. We no, had no, the money. We had a contract. You don't, that's, but that's not what happened. Oh, what happened? I know because you're because you're busy and you're living a life where you're you're you're, you're doing a million different things. Yeah. So what happened is, we, I had the money. What I did was I went bank to bank with Bev at the time. Yeah. And Bev got this this sweet Indian guy came up with the money and came yeah. to Foster and because Foster didn't want to do it. Eh? He was, he just kept saying, "I'm never going to produce you. I'm never going to sign you to the label." He over and over again. He kept saying it. So, uh, finally I said, okay, well, you know, we kept driving them nuts. Bev kept saying, well, what does it take? Come on. What does it take? Give us a, what is the thing? You know, okay. And he said, and finally he got pissed off. He said, oh, you know what it takes? hundred grand a song. Okay. Six songs. And he says, and I'll, I'll do the demos, but then Warner would get right of first right of refusal or something like that. And what he didn't expect was that Bev and I would go to Vancouver and find the money. Mm -hmm. And we got a guy to invest. So he came and we showed up to Malibu. Remember David's that place in Malibu? We had the upstairs with all the, his piano with all the, anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, I says, here's the money. We got the money. And he said, oh, now he's in trouble. Now he's got, now he's, now he's got to do it, you know? Yeah. So he goes, okay, so we'll, we'll do this. And then uh, we went to Vegas and I was opening for Jay Leno. And I remember that I got, that night I had had quite a few drinks and it was quite late. And he, he said to me, you're going to come and I want you to come to my, my uh, villa tomorrow morning because I'm, I got Paul Anka. He, you know, like, I'd like you to meet him. Holy shit. Paul Anka. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? And I was loaded. Okay. Paul, I'd spent all night drinking hard and I'd mm -hmm. hang out at the blackjack tables, you know, and, uh, I was so nervous. And so we came into the, to the, uh, the his villa and you were wearing a house coat mm -hmm. and he walked in and I remember you, you were very sweet with me, you know, very warm, always very warm with me. And uh, David went to the concierge guy or the, whatever it's called, the butler, the, the villa butler, and said, bring in a piano. And they rolled in a piano. And he sat down at the piano and uh, he said, what should we do? And you said, well, how about my way? And so uh, he sat down and uh, as usual, the guy, the greatest goddamn piano player in the world, and you didn't know, how do I play this? How do, what is this? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. uh and i went and now the end is near and i sang and you stopped me and you said okay that's enough i'm in you said i'm in i'm in what do you need and david said we need about one some 800 grand or 1.2 million to make this thing yeah. and i remember bev delich at the time just bawling uncontrollably crying you know and yeah. this this kid you know that worked so long and so hard that this was the moment that it was going to happen so then i moved down to la you put me up on the, the place in westwood there the, yeah we made four or five songs and we're a couple weeks in and uh this drummer you know the drummer i used to answer the phone at the, the studio and i go chart maker 
Michael here, how can I help you? And he says, uh, hey, hey, Mike, you know, I played drums on the on that demo. I said, oh, yeah. He said, listen, I'm just wondering where's the where's the money? You know, he says, I don't want to break balls, but uh, my check never came. And I said, no, that's that's impossible. So I went into the other side. Remember, he had the two studios, the elephant kind of studios. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. I went into the other side and I said, David, I said, uh, what's happening? He's, I just got a call saying that the money didn't come through for Hit Their Drummer, you know? And he said to me, and then he, he had a, he used to, remember he had that little machine he used to, when he was mixing, he would touch tap the buttons. Right, right, right. Yeah. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah. It was this weird thing he had like invented where he would yeah, a little box. splice the, bo you know, splice the takes together. Yeah. And I remember that he put his pencil in his mouth and he put his glasses down and he said, hey, the deal fell through. And I said, what? And he said, Mike, man, this isn't going to happen with me. And he said, and I'm, I'm really sorry because I know that, you know, how excited you were. He said, listen, it's going to happen for you. It's just not going to be with me. And dude, my whole world, Paul, I, mm -hmm. I mean, I was there, Paul. I had it. I had it all. It was, mm -hmm. you know, and um, my whole world crashed and I, I, I died. And uh, I remember I didn't, Bev was gone. She had the car and she'd taken off. And Umberto Gatica was uh, this producer that we were working with. Engineer. Engineer. Yeah. And uh, he said, I'll drive you home to Westwood. And I said, okay. So he drove me home and he parked beside the, the building. He didn't go in the driveway. And then he looked at me and he said, listen, David Foster doesn't like confrontation. He doesn't like it at all. It makes him uncomfortable. He said, but what you're doing here is special and unique and great. And he said, you need to make David Foster feel uncomfortable. You need to confront him and here's what you need to say. And Paul, when I tell you, Umberto Gatica, word for word, went through exactly what I would say to Foster. Mm -hmm. And about three days later, four days later, Kenny G and his wife were having an anniversary party. And I had been there, you know, Dave, David used to have me sing at all those things. And I said, uh, David, I, can I speak with you in the other room? You know, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I just regurgitated every single thing that Umberto said. And I, I you know, looking dead into his eye. I, and I was very confrontational. And uh, it worked because about two days later, he called me. And he says, let's see what a 26-year-old kid knows about the record business. And we went to go to Warner, to that old studio in Burbank, that was studio, the, remember yeah. the big Warner, the big yeah, wood? Yeah, I remember that. And uh, David was even nervous. And we walked in the room with Tom Wally, who was the president at the time. Tom sat down. Tom sits down and he says, uh, first thing, why should we sign you to reprise? He says, we, we have Sinatra. And I said, with all due respect, Mr. Wally, Sinatra's gone. He's dead. I said, give me a chance. Give me a chance to, to keep this music alive. And I will work harder than any artist has ever worked for you. And I can do it right. You know, uh, I genuinely, I love it. I live it. And uh, if you give me a chance, I'll show you that. And we walked out of the office that day and I said to David, hey, Foster, I said, you know, thank you. By, thank you, I said, for, you know, putting your balls on the line there. And I said, uh, what do you think? And he had no idea, Paul. He looked at me and he said, yeah. he said, Mike, you did a great job. 
you know, what I had promised him, Paul, to David was I said, if you let me go into the president, you get me into that meeting and he tells me to get lost. I said, I'll never, ever bother you again because I was driving him nuts. And uh, mm. they signed me. And, you know, Paul, thank God you came, you stayed. You were the executive producer. You helped me pick up. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. So and it all started to come together. Yeah. What's, what's interesting for me to tell people this story, which is so strange, is that, you know, this was Paul Anka, international superstar. And there he was, where he would, we put two rocks against the doors as a goal. And Paul would have a tennis racket. And Paul was the goalie from Ottawa, you know, <laughs> and I would have my tennis ball and my hockey stick mm-hmm. and we'd be, we'd be doing takes. I'd be singing, put your head on my shoulder, you know, and then coming out mm-hmm. in the break so that we, and he was, and, uh, I don't know if you know this story, Paul, but you were so sort of humble, so, uh, that my parents and grandparents came to visit the studio one day. And Paul, you were wearing a black cap with just a t-shirt, you know, real casual, you know, track pants or something. And you were, you know, you were standing outside. There was, it used to be this little, outside the studio, there was these little kind of, little I don't even call them flower pots, yeah. little terrace. Yeah. Well, my mom thought you were the gardener for the longest time. <laughs> she did. That was my prior and job. Then, <laughs> and then the gardener, the gardener came out and said, Hi, good to meet you. I'm Paul Anka. It's a real pleasure to meet you. She said, holy shit, the gardener is Paul Anka. <laughs> that's true. We had and that's fun the truth, there, man. No, that's no, I like, remember. We had so much fun, man. And he was making moves. And he going to those restaurants. He and- knows what he's doing with a stick. Let me tell you something. He loves his hockey. And Skip's got some hockey stuff. But Michael knows his way around Skip, that hockey. He loves it. To this day, when we converse... I mean, he'll tell you, he's like a, he's like the voice for the Vancouver team. He's got one guy in oh, particular I love that up there team. that comes to I him. I love that team, man. No, and we just, we, got, we love all, hockey. You know what, Paul? Just doing this, I was just talking to those hockey guys on their, yeah. on their show. And I know you know this, but I kept saying to them, there's a lot that we share in common with those athletes. There's a ton. There really is. Yeah. It's a high pressure job. Yeah. It's, it's a high-pressure job where performance means everything. Mm-hmm. People watching you. People watching you. Performance. Ego, Egos. fear, insecurity, Assholes anxiety. around you, people you can't trust. <laughs> it's all there. And then it's, it's money, money, it's money. It's all there, man. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, most people have a pretty short window. Like there's, there's very few people that, you know, are Paul Ankas where you're in what? How many, how many years has it been, this Paul? This is my eighth decade. That's, that's, it's not normal. I mean, talk about not normal. Oh, my and to so, still be relevant, on, still. You, you, you got a long journey ahead of you and you've already come out this far since 05. I just want to know Listen, what whiskey other than your own, what are you drinking today? You mean that you're talking about other whiskeys? Yeah. I mean, are you true to your own? Yes. But I mean, back then you, you were hitting about two or three. I mean, <laughs> you loved your booze. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going to be really honest with you. You got to be. I, I enjoy my own whiskey too much. It's a problem, bro. <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> You're selling it I, out uh, up there, man. You're se- you can't. It's dude, selling out in Canada, right? I went, I took my family to their Christmas party. We went to a restaurant called Orange the other night. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to go nice and quick. We're going to have a nice dinner, bring the kids. And um, 
my sister Brandy said to me, what? She said, you're going to, what are you going to do? She says, you never hang with us. Have a drink. I says, really, Brandy, I'm good tonight. You know, I don't want to. She said, have one with us. Mm-hmm. And I had one. I have tr- I poured an F, actually, it's not true. I had an F and T old fashioned. Okay. I made a nice little old fashioned. I just tasted, it just went down too smooth mm-hmm. and too fast. And, uh, then the next one too, and the next one after that. <laughs> and at about 3.30 in the morning, I found myself outside saying to my brother-in-law, maybe I should get an Uber. <laughs> and uh, I felt so ill, Paul, that yeah. I watched football all day yesterday. Thank God my wife loves me and she has mercy on me. Right. Because I felt, I did the thing. You've done the thing a million times. Yeah. Me in the shower saying, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Right. But um, I... Um, I remember. I, I was there with you on a few of those. You know, Skip's in the, is in the booze business. You know that? Oh, what? no way. Yeah. Tell Check me it about out. it, Skip. You won't believe this. It, it, it came about sort of a, a different kind of way. A group of us bought a golf course in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee called Sweeten's Cove. And there was always a tradition at this golf course, Michael, where you took a shot before you teed off. So we decided, why don't we create our own <laughs> brand? So we created a a, whisk, a bourbon called Sweetens Cove Bourbon. My partners are the the Manning brothers, Peyton Manning, Eli, and Cooper Manning. Andy Roddick, the last American winner of the U.S. Open I know tennis Andy. tournament. Um, Jim Nance, the, you, you watch a lot of football. I know so Jim Nance, know of course. Jim Nance. And those are all my partners. And we have a very, very successful Bourbon was rated the highest ranked new bourbon um, when it first came out two years ago. We had a premium, super premium, $200 bottle uh, version. And then we came out with a more popular price, still high price, $50 a bottle called Tennessee. uh, Because, of course, the barrels come from Kentucky, but we distill it in Tennessee. Who makes it in Kentucky? What's... Tennessee Distillers, Tennessee Distillers uh, the okay. same distillery that does uh, Bob Dylan's yeah. Heaven's Door, and you know, and also White Labels, all the uh, whiskey for uh, Costco. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We've done really well with it. Uh, it's still a, you know, it's still in its infancy, but uh, you know, it doesn't sell the way tequila sells, but it's done very very well. I've learned to be patient. It's a business where you have That's to. That's what it takes. It's, it's interesting, you know. Yeah. I uh, I named my son, my second son, after one of those Manning brothers. I named him after Elias Pedersen and uh, Eli Manning. And my wife, I really loved. I always loved the name. I really liked Manning a lot. I just thought he had a great personality. I thought he had a great playing career. And and Elias Pedersen, when we drafted him, I I already knew. I mean, at least I I thought he was going to be a great hockey player. And uh, so I named my son. And it's funny because my wife. I kept saying to my wife, you know, I really like Elias, you know, or Elias, if you want to call Elias. And she kept saying, Elijah, I like Elijah. And it's one of the few times that I ever really sort of stuck to my guns and thought, can I please have this one? Can I have Elias? <laughs> so uh, it's it's interesting, you know, the the uh, the whiskey thing for me was, it was, it just came out of nowhere. I, it, it was about me and my wife. We had, we had bought, uh, we'd become a part owner of this little this really wonderful um, boutique distillery in Montreal called Circa. And um, and I, I, we just did it because we thought it'll be fun. You know, what a cool thing for a, a husband and wife to do is in a partnership. And um, 
And then I, I you know, as you know, Paul Larry Ruvel, sure, uh, was we all, he's a friend of was Skips the reason, also. yeah. He's uh, what and what a beautiful dude. And he said to me, because we called him and said, you know, any advice? Like we don't know what sure. we're doing, and you know, we don't expect. You know, we just, you know, what do, what do we do with this little boutique, this wonderful thing? And and he's the one who said, I think you go and talk to Shelley Stein in New York. Yeah. And uh, Shelley was the head of West Brands, and. Uh, and we became partners, and uh, and then Heaven Hill for the first time in over a hundred years. The family is the first time they've ever worked ever with an outside brand, and they started to help help us make the whiskey from Kentucky, and 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 partly from uh, this distillery in uh, in Montreal. And so, very quickly, it, I started to see that it was becoming what it was becoming, even though it never, you know, it didn't start that way. But uh, at this point, it's been a lot of fun, Skip. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and we're you know having what? fun with it. Having so much fun, man. And you know what? Doing the going out and meeting, you know, I like people. So it's an easy thing for me to go and meet meet the buyers. You know what I mean? Meet, you know, meet the bar owners, meet restaurateurs. Because I, I like it, man. I mm -hmm. go and have a drink with everybody and I, you know, it's easy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paul today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paul. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations 
where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. I'm happy I entered you to Larry because I knew he'd be big in your life. I yeah. knew Larry would be there for well, Larry, you. Well, now Larry owns part of the company, right? Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, he's with course. me there. And so. When I introduced you to him, I said, this, Larry, these Larry are two guys great. that should know each other. He's a great guy. Do you know? I, I think the greatest. Do you remember Paul? The story of us too. When you did the when I entered, you did his charity. Yeah. Yep. Very when much. When you for the charity. Well, I, I'll tell you the end of the story because Michael won't. Because I said, Michael, you've got to really meet this guy. And I think Michael's manager Bruce was moving to Vegas. The short of it is, he hires Michael to do his amazing Alzheimer charity every year. I mean. He's so dedicated to it. Anyway, Michael shows up, hits the home run that he always does. And at the end of it, Michael Buble gave him back the check that he had given him. He gave Ruvo back the check for his charity. That's my boy. Well, man, it was, it, it was, it was really moving, man. And to yeah. see it, how it affected his family. And you know how karma, how crazy is karma? Where I don't know if it's the word is karma. It has everybody's address, but, believe me. But dude... Who knew that years after that, not long after that, my grandmother would be diagnosed with dementia and it would literally change the whole, uh, uh, I mean, it would just change our family completely, the whole dynamic of our family. And, um, you know, I, I just, I watched my mom, my mom is a great, my mom is a great daughter and I watched my mother give up. 10 years of her life in dedication to her mom. And it just, you know, and it made me even happier that I'd had that relationship with Larry because um, he's got an incredible foundation. Yeah, He's got one of the biggest, you know, he's got uh, that center in, in Vegas, which is just unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, you know what, Paul, I just did a movie. Yeah. Um, I just did the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I just did a movie about Alzheimer's. I was the, really? I was the, uh, a commercial yeah, film, was, a documentary or commercial yeah, film? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a documentary and I'm the, yeah. uh, I'm the, uh, a narrator. And, uh, it's, it's about, uh, and it's funny cause I called Larry and, and, uh, and before I did it, before I did the film, I, I said, listen, I want to know if I'm helping, you know, I want to know if what we're talking about here is on the up and up. And I know it's controversial. And I want to make sure that, that it's okay with you and, uh, and, and other doctors involved. And basically, Paul, the film um, is called Memories for Life. And what they're saying is that there are other ways, because pills, I mean, it's a death sentence, right? You, you, get, you get that you know, diagnosis, it's over for you. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time. But there's a doctor uh, who has discovered that through intense uh, dietary changes and exercise, not only can you slow down the effects of dementia and Alzheimer's on the brain, but you can reverse it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're not, we're not stuck. No, you know, there's a so, lot of advancement so there. Yeah. There's a lot of advancement. So yeah. I just, I loved, it's so funny how life happens though, like that, isn't it? Yeah. Where well, you talk about those connections, Michael, you know, um, Larry, of course, his charity is affiliated with Cleveland Clinic. 
And yes. my mother in the late 1960s was the first woman in America to have heart bypass surgery. It was done at the Cleveland Clinic. They had done two men. And then my mother was the first female to ever have heart bypass surgery. It was done at the Cleveland Clinic on Euclid Avenue in Cleveland. When I met Larry and started talking to Larry about Cleveland Clinic, you know, Paul and I always talk about the six degrees of separation. It's rather it's rather remarkable. But just on a light on a lighter note, not talking about illness, the house that I live in, Ella Fitzgerald lived in the house that I live in. She lived in the house twenty five years. And I've lived in it twenty three years. So your friend and Paul's friend, my friend Quincy Jones, the day we first bought the house twenty three years ago, he came over to the house and he walked in the front door and he paused just inside the door and he looked up and he said, Ella, I feel you. And he said, you know, Skip, she wanted to die in this house because she had diabetes. She was at Cedars-Sinai Hospital, and they unfortunately had to amputate her leg. And But she came home to the house. So Quincy looked at me and said, she died in your bed, man. She died in your bed. I said, Quincy, she may have died in my bedroom, but I promise I brought my own bed when I bought the house. Yeah. But Quincy, <laughs> uh, he... he He's such a character. He, he always, whenever he's been to the house, he always walks in, does the same thing at the front, stops. That's Ella, cute. I can feel you, baby. When I'm asked as a vocalist, who's, you know, who's the, who are the greatest singers of all? I always say, and it's the truth, the greatest, for, in my opinion, the greatest singer who ever lived, and I mean ever, ever lived, yeah. in my opinion, was Ella Fitzgerald. Absolutely. There has been no one yeah. uh, with control, tone, yeah. uh, action. She is a machine. Yeah. I couldn't even understand how she could do what she could do. And Paul, when you when Very you get true. asked that, what do you say? Well, Ellis, that, uh, Ella certainly and Louis Armstrong. <laughs> I loved, you know, people aren't aware of how good, forget the trumpet. I mean, here's a kid that was get out of jail, lived with another family, and he worked his way. But as a vocalist, I loved Louis Armstrong. Dean Martin is underrated. He's a good singer without question. Yep. And Ella for mm-hmm. sure. And you and I know, because, you know, all those days we spent, I gave you all those Sinatra arrangements that you... Sure. In fact, you know, the one that where it clicked in for me with Michael, uh, digressing a little, he came on stage with me at the Mirage and we sang, I've Got You Under My Skin to the Nelson Riddle arrangement. Now, here's a young guy, which I could identify because I was, what, 16. He got up there and kicked the shit out of that song when we sang it. And I knew there and then, against all odds of what was going on in the music business, that this guy needed his name and persona in the spotlight. And that was, and I gave you about three or four of those Sinatra uh, arrangements, remember? What you put on yep. the album. Oh, yeah. But for me, and those arrangements are just unreal. Yeah, they're, they're the best. And and Sinatra, for you and I, we've spoken about it. Stylistically, owning the lyric as he did, I think you and I agreed that he he was the guy, you know. He well, was he's a guy. beast, Paul. Oh, he's yeah. a beast. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, he's a beast. Yeah. It's like it's like talking about a ball, baseball player. Yeah. You know, when the baseball player, you can have talent, okay, talent, but the physicality, the way that that instrument was built, yeah, he was a beast. Ah, yeah, and beast. you know what it is? Michael? I don't know. How. It's like what you've got. When people say to me that voice, that voice, I say it's genetic. 
genetic, the tone in his voice, where people have tone, he had that genetic magic that anyone that stood in front of a band came second. He ruined it for all singers. All through the years, you couldn't get yeah. in front of a band because he owned it. It's funny, it. man. And, and with Frank, Nothing. if you heard the first five seconds of anything, mm -hmm. he owned you and you knew who it was. Yeah, you do. It's interesting because I've spent so many years, Paul, trying to deconstruct voices. Yeah. Uh, yours included, you know, the, the stylistically, what, what does Ella, what, how, what makes Frank great? What makes Dean great? The yeah. way Dean drops his epiglottis and everything is... Oh, he has that thing. He does everybody a little. Uh, uh, loves everybody loves somebody. Somebody made me love you. You woke but, me yes. up to do it. You woke <laughs> me up to do it. <laughs> and the other night, I was in the car. Yeah. And I was listening the the song. One of the radio stations, one of three point five, was on, and they had Sinatra. I said to my wife, I said, "Listen, Lou." And I, I started to notice something that I'd never noticed before. No vibrato. None. No vibrato until the last, the end of maybe the fourth phrase. Yeah. So many singers that you hear would say, Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. The vibrato. Sure. You hear that, the shake of the voice. And I noticed that he was going... Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but it's all straight. Yeah. But the fire, mmm, delightful. That's right. And since we've no place to smooth, all smooth, That's zero, right. zero, and it's almost talking. It's like, like he was talking. Yeah. And yet somehow, tonally, oh, well, it's some just of them, like uh, Michael, some butter. of them have vibratos you could walk through. I'm not going to name I any know. names because I have respect for our fellow artists. But you know yes. the ones that are very apparent. And this guy, when he would woodshed a song, he'd go with Jimmy Van Heusen because I was in that circle. And he and yep. Jimmy would go down to Palm Springs and they would woodshed every song, every approach. And they'd sit in Palm Springs and he would rehearse. You know, I've got access to the My Way track. You know, he did it in one take. And when you listen to his isolated vocal, it's amazing. I'll play it for you one day, Michael. Paul, I have I have sat and tried in every recording over twenty years to emulate the to emulate the feeling I get. Yeah. Why when listening to those old records? By the way, Paul, you it's it's not the same either. Your some of your records, okay? Your older records. Yeah. I'm saying when you were you know a kid. A kid, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> no, they're not terrible. That squeaky Man, voice. <laughs> yeah, I had no, no but choice. I'm just saying that the mix, the mix, the the arrangements, yeah. the the sound that you got in the studio, yeah, which I know you're standing in the middle of that goddamn room. That's right. It's not you didn't do this, and then the drummer did a separate no. track, and then they put Paul Anka in, no. and Paul sang forty times, and they kicked it to get it together. That's it. I have tried for twenty years in every which way with every producer. I still haven't figured it out, okay? I do my best. Right. I put all room, I do all room mics. Yeah. I go and I put a mic in the middle so I can, I, the sound doesn't bleed too much, but it never sounds like they sounded. It just doesn't. We would stand in the middle of the room, we'd rehearse for a couple of hours, and then we'd just record. It's all just <laughs> pure blood, sweat, honesty, and what you got on that little quarter-inch tape that was mm -hmm. it. And when you wanted to make an edit, 
they took out a razor blade and scotch tape and they'd cut the tape and they put the scotch tape and that was your edit. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Michael, what kind of vocal training did you have, if any? I went to a woman named Sandy Ellis, Sandy Siemens Ellis, for years. And then I went to, it's interesting, but I went to a guy, and I don't want to be cruel, but... Um, I don't think I had ever been so bored in my entire life. Mm. I went to a vocal coach named Joseph Shore, and he would sit with me and tell me (laughs) about the mechanics of the voice and why opera singers had stronger instruments and how it was possible through training the muscle <laughs> to have an approach, it killed it. I used, and I was a kid, and I was 16, 17 over. years old. <laughs> the and I would over. be sitting like this. But you know what? What I liked about him was I, I, I didn't like when teachers would, when the, 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 co- the coaches would say to me, Now I want you to feel the note. 
I want you to see the, and I would try trying to see the fuck. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking it's about? It's like Bo? acting coaches, and acting. It's like, I, and now you see it. And you, as you lift the note and I would be, my body doesn't understand. I don't know what that means. I would try to fake it, but it would be faking it. And this guy, Joe would bring down a chart, <clears throat> no shit, a chart of the, of anatomy of the, of the, and he would say, when you do this, when you lift this on, that's what it's doing. When you drop the epiglottis and you go down to that place, well, that gives you this sound that you want for these songs. And when you need a range where we need to hear your head voice, I want you, and it was all clinical. I mean clinical, boring, <laughs> clinical, but he helped me to understand, you know. And then more than, more than anything, Skip, it was me stealing I say it all the time. I say it to every parent who ever asked me about their kid. I stole and I still steal. If I find something that's beautiful in what Ella's doing in the way that she has a trill changing, uh, going, I, I know what it's called when they do the, uh, what's scatting. that? The scatting. Like the, the scatting. No, but that, it's not scatting. It's, it's gymnastics. It's what it's called. It, the gymnastics, yeah, like that. Gymnastics. There's a million things I, I just steal. Do you feel you have to be a good actor to be a good singer, the way you are? Well, I think singers are actors. Really act. I think we are actors. It, that's what it is. What made you go into classic songs? Most young guys They're, want rock and roll, that sort yeah, of thing. Right. Why? I was so in love with my grandpa's records. When I tell you, and it started, by the way, in a very strange way, it started with the infiltration musically coming with Bing Crosby and me being a little, little boy and, you know, and hearing Bing Crosby's Christmas record playing through my house. And that was my introduction. And, and then when I say little, as young as I can remember, this was how that music got to me. That's how that, those arrangements, the, the, the musicianship, uh, the the harmonies of the Andrew sisters and and him, uh, that is it was it, it was infiltration. It really was. It was you know. There's if anyone wonders why my Christmas stuff is so big, it, well, it came from there. That's that was where I found this style of music. God, the grooves were so chunky. You know, I don't care if you like Drake or whoever in hip hop. None of them got beats that are as fat as those beats. They are fat, swinging, yeah. you know, and they, because it was a Christmas thing, oh, Christmas, those songs were un unbelievably constructed. Those players were unbelievable. Those arrangements were unbelievable. And so it was an introduction to this world of sound. And, you know, and by the way, I thought it was incredibly suave and romantic. And then having a grandpa who just happened to be my best friend, Skip, who would sit with me on the floor and by the way, play me Paul Anka and play me Bennett and play me Sinatra and play me the Mills Brothers. Say, and tell me the stories. You know, this is, these are, these are the Mills Brothers, okay? And you know who really loved the Mills Brothers? This guy, Dean Martin. You want to listen oh, to this guy, Oh, he loved them. He Martin. said he patterned and, himself after yeah, the Mills exactly. Brothers. Yeah. And so I, I just was infatuated by it. And my grandpa used to have a record player where he'd take the, the, the old record and then he would, he would tape them onto a cassette. This was quite new at the time, you know, really exciting stuff. <laughs> and I would listen, I would listen over and over again. I would sit all night and I would listen to, to Sinatra and the Pied Pipers. 
and I would lay in bed at 14 and try my best to figure out how to sound. Don't know why there's no sun up in the sky, <laughs> stormy weather. And that's try to get that, mm-hmm. you know, that vibrato, that, you know. But I, I listened so much, Skip. I studied, without knowing it was studying, that it was so organic that I had, I knew thousands of goddamn songs before I was mm-hmm. 15. That's the song I that D- Dean used to sing in the steam room. Don't know why I got lipstick on my fly, sloppy jo- blowjob. <laughs> and he would sing it. You know, we'd all hang in the steam room. You got all my idols. Well, Michael, you can appreciate it. And I'm this kid I with these it. guys. And we're just walking around nude. Dean, Sammy, Frank, nude, and I'm new on the scene. I mean, talk about having trouble with eye contact, right? And all they did was <laughs> sing, man. I mean, Dean had every, he was the physically the most funniest guy oh, you so would funny. ever want to be around naturally. When they were massaging him on the table, you know, when they pressed down hard with the oil, yeah, he yeah, had a way yeah. of flying off the table onto the floor. And, you know, we all had our robes. You know, I was like the kid. Uh, uh, Dean Martin was Dago. You know, with respect between Frank and him, they could say that. Dago. Sammy Davis was Smokey the Bear. (laughs) Frank was the Pope. You know, the education and the experience I got with those guys, I could never, ever replace. You know, Mike, I mean, I wished... And you've done your homework. I mean, you know, but those guys, how they, you know, I'm a kid. I'm I'm nowhere in their league. I'm doing my cockamamie teenage songs, but I'm in there with them. And what I learned and the style and the commitment of those guys was just an education for me. Let me ask you, Michael, when you started back in 05 with us, right? Would you yeah. attempt to do that today with the music scene the way it is? What would your feeling be? Yes, I would. You would? I have to answer that honestly. Here's the thing. The kids today, okay, and this is, this is just completely 100% true. I talk to the record company. They go, oh, we've just signed this kid. We're really excited about the kid. I says, great. I've seen the kid on TikTok. The kid's good. And I says, how is the kid on stage? Oh, the kid's, the kid's never been on stage. Mm. Well, how do you mean the kid's never been on stage? Oh, no, the kid's never sung outside the bedroom. Well, Hello. How- you know, I, I, what do you mean they never sang outside the bedroom? Can they, can, can they entertain? Oh, no, I, we don't know. We don't know, but we've got, <laughs> we got a great following. And so what's happened is they signed the kid because they had a song that went viral and did 200 million downloads. But that's all they want. Give us the song. You know, we're going to build our publishing. We're going to make billions of dollars because every time it plays, it might just be pennies, but we have... We have a lot of pennies stacking up. Yeah, There's no interest in many times in growing that business, in creating, you know, right. putting, investing in this person and saying, hey, let's start here. We're going to start at clubs, okay? Mm-hmm. We might get to theaters. And once we get to theaters, we can do some soft seaters and chuchette. Maybe yep. once it gets really big, we might get into arenas. There's only a few people out there who I see doing that. And for me, that's a good business. And by the way, Paul, I don't give a shit if you're adding one fan a day. If you're adding one fan a day, that's a good business. 
you're just to grow it, even if it's that slow, that steady, mm-hmm. because that's something that can be built into having a career. Yeah. I just don't, you know, like I'll give you an example. My niece, the other day, she came over and she said to me, you got to hear this song. This girl this great song. And I said, okay. And I listened, it's a good song. I said, who, who is it? And my niece said, I don't know. And mm. I said, how can you not know? And she said, I don't know. It's on a playlist. She said, I can go and look. But she had no interest in looking. She had mm-hmm. no interest, Paul, in finding out who yeah. this girl was. Yeah. No interest in hearing another song. No interest in going through a discography. You know what I mean? When I had dinner with you, your son had written a song that you used on your album. How about that? Yeah. Do you remember your son? Had, I know. He was finishing it when we were at dinner? Yeah. How about, how, what yeah. kind of kick was that, Michael? Your oh son. I mean, that was the like. Great, the greatest thing ever. I mean, you're, you know, Paul, yesterday, yesterday, yeah. he was at the piano, Paul. Yeah. And Paul, he can play the piano. He was playing the piano. I'm so jealous, I, but I'm so proud. And you know what? I drove him nuts. You're going to take, take your lessons. You're going to say, I don't want to do my lessons. And then we sat at the piano yesterday and he started playing. And I said, oh my God, dude. I said, this is, this is beautiful. I said, yeah. look at you. You're going to be, you, you know what I mean? And I'm so, I, I don't mean to sound cheesy, but the greatest gift a human being can have is a love of music. Mm-hmm. Your partners in life will break your heart. Yeah. Your businesses might fail. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all going to go through a bunch of shit and suffering and pain. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that will never, ever let you down is that romance with music. Yeah. Never. It will take you, it'll take you through your darkest times. And by the way, it'll lift you up and inspire you to your mm-hmm. greatest moments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cinematic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what life is about. I, you know, are so all the kids musical, my Michael? Kids, Are they all musical? All of them. They're all musical. All of them. Wow, how all cool is that, huh? Yeah. Do you take them Big on the road still? Too, Do they know? all go on tour with you still? Everybody? They come everywhere. Yep, they yeah. come everywhere. That's so cool. I and, take uh, mine too. I always it, have. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable, Paul. It's the best. That you do that, too. It's the best. That's yeah. all that matters. You know what I want for my kids? I'd love to get them. What I'd love is I tell my wife, I'd like them to come to work for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, as kids, you know, 14, 15. Sure. I want them to come out and be part of the crew. I like them to learn to you see what the electricians are doing, to learn to see what the welders are. I'm serious. No, I get and, it. And I, do I like it because yeah. I, I think, you know, you learn, you learn how adults talk to each other and treat each other. It's a lot different than how kids in school talk to each other. Oh, no. you, learn, you learn a common respect. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you learn what a hard, how to work hard, you know, to take pride in your work and to be fulfilled and getting up in the morning and help load those cases in and be mm-hmm. there and see how hard those guys work. That thing doesn't just come up on its own. Mm-hmm. That stadium or that arena, that wasn't there yesterday. Team, These team. guys got in at six, you got it, five, six in the morning mm-hmm. and they sweat and they had, there was camaraderie and teamwork. And then by the way, when you do that, then come out to the party afterwards. And you know, I'm not saying party, but I'm saying if you want to come out and hang with your dad and we can hang till one in the morning, and you want to say, and you want to work hard and play hard and come out and and dance on the floor and you know and mm-hmm. be with us big guys and mm-hmm. talk with us big guys. To me, that's it's what my dad did for me on a fishing boat, Paul. Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm who I am. My dad did it because my dad. I worked in a restaurant. That's why I got into singing. I hated it. I had to peel potatoes, sit in the kitchen. <laughs> I said, I'm out of here. You know, Michael and I, we all we all played hockey as kids, right? And I was a goalie. Yeah. 
And I realized somewhere in there, I wasn't going to grow anymore because I'm not the tallest guy in town, but I love sports. And that's when I got into music. But you know, when I worked for my dad in the restaurant in the back, peeling potatoes, you know, the, the fear was I'm going to wind up with a restaurant. And in Canada, as Michael knows, we're under snow half the time and it's dark and yeah. dreary. But before you, Michael, I was like locked in my room. The only way I could see what was outside, our windows had little holes in them. That's how we got the air. And I'd stab my pencil and look out and say, I got to get the hell out of here. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So when you were at that restaurant, Paul, when you were working like that, was there good good parts of it? Was was there... Did you feel camaraderie? Did you feel Oh, I felt close and- to my dad. I felt uh, very much a part of the family business. I felt yeah. very much a part of work ethic, work ethic, yes. which led into yes. what I do now or even as a kid, just work ethic. Earning your, I, three, yeah. I was making $3 a week. You know, I won yeah. my first contest collecting soup wrappers and I went to New York because that every record I looked at was from New York. So I'm sitting there with 40 kids from Canada eating these wet sandwiches. We stayed in New York, went back home. And then I had about a hundred bucks left from my paper route and caddy. I went back down and I got lucky at 15. 
walked into an office. But the work ethic, the family ethic, which Michael has, and he's got a hell of a family around him. And I wanted to ask you about, how does that feel now, Michael, with everything you've got to do and you've broadened into everything? Being the father and then juggling everything else. I mean, there's a lot of people don't know how to do that or care to do that. But, you know, when I see you with your kids and that great wife of yours, I'm so proud of you about that family side of you because you just don't see it. You don't see it anymore. I didn't, there was no choice for me. I wish I could sit and tell you that there was some, Yeah. uh, there was no option. That's where I came from. It's the people I came from. Yeah. Got a beauty, you know, you met, you know, my mom and dad, they're just, they're really beautiful, humble, gorgeous people. I got beautiful sisters. Hey, I'm lucky. I have a manager. I got a manager that loves me like I'm his son, you know? And, uh, and they know what comes first. It's always family. My faith my faith is first. My family's first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like Bruce will even say, my manager, Bruce, uh, will say, you know, hey, you probably could have gotten further, you know, without all of that other stuff. It's true. I get it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a business where, you know, you get what you put, you get out what you put in. And sometimes I wasn't always able to put in the time because, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to tour mm-hmm. like that. I still, I mean, I think I'm the most financially irresponsible touring act probably on the planet. No, I'm right up there with you. <laughs> You're up there with me too. Listen, I'm taking uh, They're not going to fight over my money. I'm spending it all. Fuck that. I'm I just, work too hard. You know I'm like, going to enjoy it. I don't want to be the richest guy in the graveyard. <laughs> Never wanted I, to exactly, be. <laughs> you know, I just had, so I just had a meeting with Bruce and this yeah. guy, Randy, that works in the office. He yeah. says, you know, Mike, Randy says, you know, you should, you know, if you could just go and do the eight month tour, just do eight months hard. And then you can see the family for a year and a half. I says, go fight. You can shut up. Yeah. He says, you, you can, that you can go do that. I said, I, I'm not, that's not my life. I'm not going to be happy to do that. You know, yeah, um, when you said you, when he said you'd go further, the dynamic of family and real successful family in your life is the foundation of the better human being fuck going on those tours and making that extra buck. And you'd be in trouble today with all these, running around you're a target you're a pinata for women we love you women but it's a new world disagree with that because the meaningful stuff michael no matter what you're going to into is going to come from your family and and you yeah. see it and you and i get it you know yeah but and uh, you know paul we were you were alluding to it before you're we talking about my son noah and yeah and you know that uh, going through that 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 health battle you know listen if it hadn't been clear to me before that was a, there was complete clarity. I realized, you know, things, anything I was confused about had been cleared up in a moment. And I mean, in a fucking, in a moment on Halloween day, my life changed and I knew what, what mattered. It's interesting too. It's funny. I remember sitting there that day and I had, uh, at the time, the Christmas record was just going, just kept on going. And, mm-hmm. and people didn't shut up about the Christmas record. A Christmas guy, hey, Christmas guy, the king of Christmas, the king. And it really bothered me, you know, God, I, you know, I'm more than that. I'm, come on, I'm a, I'm a successful, I'm doing this and I'm doing, I, I don't like it that they're talking about Christ. I say to my wife, I don't like it that they call me that. I, you know, I got other things, you know, I'm killing it in 50 countries, Lou. And that day, I remember I sat in the bed at CHLA. And I don't know why, but I just, I remember I thought, wow, I'm so worried. My ego, my false self is so worried that they're, you know, talking to me about 
Christmas. What are you thinking about, Mike? What are you doing? You are connected to the most beautiful time in the whole of the year where people are kinder and more empathetic and they've got joy in their hearts and they're inviting you into their homes to, to celebrate this, this time with their families, these core memories, these unique times, and you're who they're inviting in and you got a problem with this asshole? And it really, I remember looking at my wife and saying, babe, and my wife looked at me because my wife has no gray. She's so black and white. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, honey, what are you, what are you talking about? Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know. Lose a good woman. You're very fortunate. Lose a good woman. She's really I'm very a good scared woman. and very fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that was love at first sight for you, man. Oh, dude. At first sight. If I can pivot for a second back to another topic where we actually started at the top of this. I was involved with the Hartford Whalers hockey team. Uh, first started in the WHA, and then we wound up with an NHL franchise. Best jerseys ever. In the ever. late 70s. Yeah, it's still one of the high, still one of the top sellers in the NHL store, believe it or not. And you won't believe this, but in the late 1970s, um, Gordie Howe ended his career in Hartford. We had Gordie Howe and his two sons, Mark and Marty, both sons, Mark and Marty. And then we picked up the Jet, Bobby Hull. Bobby Hull. So we had Mm -hmm. in Hartford, Connecticut, right? Sort of a not not a major market. We had the Gordie Howe and Bobby Hall, and uh, it, w- it was an amazing time for me. So I, I wanted to just segue for a second because Paul had told me that you've got sort of a special situation downstairs at your house. I was hoping you could describe it to us. Well, um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was living in West Vancouver, and uh, I liked it there because it was real quiet. You know, uh, you know, no neighbors ever talked to anybody. It's, you know, you just live your life and you have this very independent life. And once I had my first son, I started to say, Jesus, this is a little bit lonely for this kid. You know, this, I want him to, we were having playdates, but then you go out to the thing and have playdates. And um, I said to my wife, you know, Lou, I'd love to go to Burnaby where I grew up. You know, I got all my friends are there and my family's there. Um, I'd like for the, you know, for my house, it was always empty. We lived in, you know, it was just a big house on a hill in West Vancouver. And uh, my buddy, my best friend, Karsten, uh, was a real estate agent. And uh, uh, he and my father just lucked out and found this plot of land that was across from the elementary school that I went to as a kid. And they said, listen, it's quite a few acres and it's a really good price. You know, you could build a dream house there. So... I did. And it was actually, weirdly enough, Paul, it was David Foster. And I, he said, wow, you bought this big thing of land. He says, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to you know, make this, I'm going to build this place. And he said to me, you know, Mike, I, he said, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't own the Malibu place anymore. He said, it's just too much, too big, too expensive, all of that. He said, but you know, the advice I would give you is once in your life, do it once, you know, do, just be, do the splashy thing once. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to do it again. You don't, but, you know, you've worked your ass off. You got really lucky. You know, go do something stupid once. Do, you know, and so I did. I called my dad and I says, dad, 
I'd love to, I'd love to have an ice rink. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, okay, let's look at it. And we figured it out. And the first thing that we did when we built this house, when they, when they dug everything out was in the foundation. The first thing that came was the foundation of the ice rink. And then we built the house, believe it or not, around a Zamboni. The Zamboni, so the Zamboni was in there first. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started to build the rink. It's about half size or something like that, a little more. Half size rink. Um, it's, a bl- it's a blast. I mean, I so got Michael, all the how many Canucks kit. come over? I, I got to know, what's the content? How many of the Canucks they come are, over and play? They are, they are. Come they, on, I as, want, as many as, knowing you, as man, many, they well, The funny you. thing is, Paul, yeah. the funny thing is, as it's like as many guys, and there's guys, by the way, on on other other teams or yeah. on, there's sometimes like you know what's funny even the the boys on the Giants well now they're not on the Giants because now those kids play for the he, kid won a Stanley Cup with Colorado but yeah all those boys come over and get on the ice with the kids or I get you know there's there's actors there's there's singers there's but people do you that, play full out games with hockey players do you sit there do you guys no, scrimmage I do not you I don't do not. we do not you don't and you don't skate. You skate? No, I, we skate, but it's more, listen, I'm just being honest. Yeah. It's more drinking. It's more drinking. <laughs> and be, hey, Mike, and being stu- I've been there, man. And being I've, stupid. Been, I've been there. You know, I go way back with Gretzky, okay? Yeah. Get him his first jet flights. I love and Wayne. I, the, and the Senators, he's a great guy. And the Senators, what goes on in that room? I'm not going to spill it all. You talk about drinking and all the you other know, shit. And they go play. And it's funny. I'll never figure yes. it out, man. And we yeah. drink till and like 10 in the morning. Is- and they're on the ice at four. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe so these the other guys. thing. The other thing I built is uh, I built a, a big a green, a big green, you know, a big golf. Yeah. Green. And then I got I got these holes, you know, 60, 90 yards and yeah. all this to yeah. play pitch and putt. And I got a I got a tennis court and I got a I built a soccer field. Yeah. And so they come over and I'm not kidding you, man. We play every game. You can we're throwing footballs. We're hitting golf. It's just it's kids. We're just being little kids. Hey, Mike, you want to know something? This is this has been rolling out. You know, you never can predict how much time, how it vibes out. You know, we could sit and talk to you for hours, man, like you and I have been. And and we respect the fact, knowing you, you know, you're going to look at a, a box to put your whiskey in because you don't like the shape of the box. So we we thank you so much for hanging with us. And, you know what I'm doing? And it's I'm taking I'm taking my kid. He's going to get an allergy test. Oh, you know when you go take him, they do. The, oh yeah, they do it on the back. I the took back. Ethan. I took Ethan. They scratched that's, the that's back. That's literally up. that's literally my day. As yeah. I, I I go to the doctor, but the doctor's a real sweet a real sweet guy. All right. Well, he's, uh, look, Paul, you're never coming because I know you're never coming. Coming where? I wish you would. I wish you would Vancouver? come to Vancouver. Well, I, I'll, yeah. I get there if you just, you know, I'll just make I'd a trip to, up I'd there. If I have to come up, Skip's a golfer, and if I have to come up, you know, for a day or two, I'd love to see you guys. You know, I see well, you everywhere. Skip, I'm not done too. I need to ask you, Skip. He's major. He's the now, guy, dude. Now I'm fucking. You know, I'm fascinated by you now, Skip. I'm yeah. going to be. It's going to be me googling you all night. Yeah. How are you? Why were you in? Why the Hartford Whalers? How did you get involved in that? It's funny. I was a real estate developer in Hartford, and the city went out and did everything ass backwards. So one of the things they did backwards, they built an arena, but they didn't have a tenant for the arena. So there was a group of us that went to Boston and met with a a friend, now a friend named Howard Baldwin, uh, actually one of the owners of the Pittsburgh Penguins later on. And he had a WHA team called the Boston Whalers. 
where he said, look, you're always going to be the second class citizen. I mean, this the Boston Bruins. Yeah. People think of hockey in Boston. It's the Bruins. But if you come to Hartford, you'll be the biggest thing in the town. We built this 18,000-seat arena. Wow. So I was the president of the Hartford Club at the time, involved in the, in the business council, and we induced him to come to Hartford. And uh, we sold out. It was great. But uh, there's sort of an ugly story to it at the end. When the team was ultimately sold, it was sold to a gentleman. I won't say his name, but his initials are Peter Carmanos. And he uh, <laughs> bought the team and he said, listen, I will tell you right now, I love it here. I'm buying a home in Hartford and this team will always be here. And two years later, they were the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes. So yeah. we, lost, we lost the team. But it was amazing when it was there. And Do you remember to guy know named Gary Howard, Skip? Gary mm-hmm. Howard, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, was, he, was my, he was a friend of my dad's. And my dad, to this day... He's always a Canuck fan, but he always had a play. He always tells me that he had a special place in his heart, always for the Hartford Whalers. Isn't that great? But you know, can I just can I just add one thing? You know, I don't have a better friend than Paul. We talk about this all the time. We talk all night, and it seems. And we said, look, we should do a podcast. It'll be fun to do it. And get some get some of our friends to be on with us. But the thing that I take away from from this with you is the same thing with him, and that's balance. Mm. You have balance in your life. Yeah. You know, your family's important. Your friends are important. You know, you like hockey, you like football, you like doing all these things. You like working, of course. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a new business, you're in a whiskey business. But mm-hmm. you're not just sole purpose, like one line straight down. You just, you know, try to do everything. And I think that's that's fabulous. Well, that's a beautiful you, thing. That's probably why we stay. We have friends like Paul, too. Like Paul, you know, the other yeah. day, I told Paul this the other day. I've been, I actually been talking about Paul in interviews. And uh, nothing, I, I, was, I was feeling a little bit lost, you know? I was just feeling, I don't know, you know, getting that, you know, is, is everything, what's going on in my career? Is it da, da, da? And I don't know why, out of all the times, because Paul and I talk a lot, you know? And then just out of nothing, I never told Paul any of that. And out of nothing, Paul got on the phone with me and he said, uh, just out of nothing, he said, hey, Mike, don't panic, never panic. You know, you're great. Your life is great. Your family's great. You got, you're a good, you're, you're a great, just be you and don't let anyone scare you. Don't change. Just keep going forward, doing the way you're doing. And he said, you'll be there. You'll be that Tony Bennett guy. You'll be that, you know, and it's funny because Paul, you know, you didn't know at the time, but I told you the other day, I, it's just settled me. Oh, you know, I called my manager, Bruce, actually he says, let me tell you, Bruce, I needed, I needed that. You know, because I, I was, you know, you do, you get, you get, sometimes you get, you know, you get rocked a little bit. And this business is changing so much, Skip, so much that you don't know where you stand. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's just, it's just but crazy. You're standing, it's crazy but Michael, guys yeah. like you are far and few between. You are, you got up and you stood. I've seen it all. Okay. And just know you're the one of the kind. You've got a career. You've got the foundation. You can't be that dog with his tongue hanging out. You're not going anywhere, man. You just have to keep on keeping on because you got what nobody else has. You got your vibe. 
you're Michael. And, you know, every, you, we've all been conditioned mentally in life to say, oh, you know, we've got to be happy and you've got to find that straight line. Well, that's horseshit. Life is not a straight line. However, they've manipulated us through cultures. It's up and down and up and down. And, you know, listen, we're so happy that you were with us today, Mike. You know, I love you. You've got, you know, I travel all over the world and I'm always dropping your name on stage. And when I tell you, they feel fucking crazy. They cheer like you're coming out on stage. You've got to stay focused on who you are and don't let that other shit bother you. Because at the end of the day, with success, nobody cares about you. It's a hard lesson to learn. They don't care. Once you got the shit together and you've got your mark and you're there like you are, babe, and you're so young, it's yours, man. It's yours to fuck up. And you know what? We're blessed to have you here today, man. <laughs> Thank We're you. I love to you, have Paul. I love hey, you, by man. the way, Paul. Yeah, Paul, babe. Paul. Yeah. How yeah. many decades you say you've been in this? How many? I think it's my eighth. I'm eighth? going on my and eighth. This morning decade. on TikTok. This morning on TikTok, no yeah. shit. I felt like every second goddamn video that I skipped to was put your head oh, on God, my I'm shoulders. I'm ready to cut my wrists. <laughs> put your head on my shoulders. Put your head on my shoulders. <laughs> Everybody and their uncle saying it. You know, I had no idea that was going to happen. Michael, it came out of nowhere. I didn't know what the fuck TikTok does. You know what's funny? Let me see. Let me yeah. see if this comes up. Yeah. Let me see if I can, if this comes up. Oh, God. Because I just saw it. I was just sitting there. And it came up. Oh, come on, come on! Let, don't turn! Don't let me down here! Don't let me down here! Don't Believe let me, me down it's in here. there somewhere. <laughs> oh God! I'm telling you right now. Don't. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and you hear what it says? No. How the hell did style go from this with this kid looking all dapper and the song's gorgeous? Yeah. See, do you see that? That's, That's yeah. To this, to this. <laughs> tell me to fuck it. Tell me to suck it. Put your head on my shoulders. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what my original lyric was, Michael? Put your legs oh, on my on shoulders. That's, <laughs> hey, Paul, you want to hear something crazy? So listen yeah, to this. Please. <laughs> so this, this TikTok alone, yeah. with that song, with your song playing, okay, over yeah. and over again, ka-ching, 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 yeah. has been looked at 11 million times and has 730,000 likes. You understand that is, you can't reach. There's no TV show. You yeah. you couldn't reach that many people doing the Super Bowl halftime show. That's it's fucking absolutely, it's unreal. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to turn it's them down unreal. this year. I'm not going to sing a halftime. I'm turning them down. <laughs> I'm giving them back the money. I'm out. You just taught me something. I'm not doing a halftime uh, show. I was going to say 18 million <laughs> downloads and we just made twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that much? Mike, you're the real deal, pal. Well, hey, Skip, you know that we're going to be hanging now, eh? Oh, Skip, uh, we're going to hang with Skip. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be it. seeing Hold you. On. You're going to be hanging. Believe me, you're going to hang with I'm, Skip I'm when you're down here. We're hanging, cool. for sure. Looking forward to it. Okay, I love you guys. Love you, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Love you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Michael. Our Way with Paul Anka and Skip Bronson is a production of iHeartRadio. The show's executive producer is Jordan Runtog with supervising producer and editor Marcy DePina. 
It was engineered by Todd Carlin and Graham Gibson and mixed and mastered by Doug Bone. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition Podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.